Hey friends, welcome back to another Seed Talk with Lisa and Lane, and we are so thrilled to be joined here with Ellen Frost, our good friend, and today, y'all, we're all going to England. That's what Ellen's going to share with us today, so take it away, Lane. All right, so Ellen Frost is with us. I'll ask her to remind us about who she is, even though she's been on Seed Talk multiple times before, but Ellen went on a little trip earlier this year. She went across the pond to England. So she's just going to tell us everything flower related that she did, that she saw, gardens, flowers, everything that she saw on her trip to England. She's just going to fill us in so we can all feel like we were there with her. (laughs) So Ellen, can you just introduce yourself and remind everyone who you are? Sure. My name's Ellen Frost. I'm the owner of Local Color Flowers. We're a floral design studio located in Baltimore, Maryland. We source all of our flowers locally. I also am a course creator with the Gardener's Workshop. I also put out a weekly newsletter all about flower information. And that's me. So Ellen, when did you go to England and what brought you there just to start off with? Yeah, I um, went on uh, in the second week of July this year. And the trip came together um, at the last minute. My family uh, was planning a trip to England, my mom, my brother, extended family, uh, that I was not planning on going to. Um, But my mom kept saying, I don't know why you can't come. Work is slow. Why don't you come? And then finally, I just said, okay, I think I can come. (laughs) And about 10 days before the trip, I got a plane ticket. I did zero research. I made no plans. I was really on my family's schedule. So I was going a lot on what they were doing. Um, But I was able to carve out a few days and a few trips uh, to to really enjoy the flower culture of England. So like I said, I did basically zero research before I showed up in London and did sort of figured it out when I got there. But you found the flowers, right? That's what it comes down to. You know what? I didn't have to look. The flower culture in England is completely different than it is here. There are flowers everywhere. As soon as I got off the plane and I went to get a cup of coffee in the airport, in the coffee shop, there were beautiful bouquets of flowers that right on the packaging said, grown by British flower farmers. So right off the bat, within five minutes of getting off the airplane, I was greeted with locally sourced flowers that were being celebrated and highlighted, um, you know, in like a very common, you know, spot, like an airport coffee shop. So that was very exciting and a great way to get the trip started. I know. What a wonderful way to start your trip. Yes. Okay. Will you just walk us through some of the flowery places that you saw? Well, like I said, at the airport was really the first spot, but once we got to the hotel, Um, As soon as you walked in, you know, you've all been to a hotel in the United States, unless you're in like someplace like a very fancy hotel, you know, flowers are probably not the the focus of of hotel lobbies. You might see a little small arrangement. They might have dirty water. They might have been ignored for a little while. Not so here. We stayed at a Marriott. So it was like a, you know, very nice hotel, but not like the top of the line. And as soon as you walked in, this was the type of display that was in the lobby. The arrangements that they had were so stunning and in a perfectly English style, much different than what you would see here in the United States. Um, Very garden-esque, very celebratory of local product. 
Um, the first arrangement that I saw was this arrangement that had these echinops and asters and spearmint. I just could not believe that uh -huh. in a hotel lobby, in a fancy hotel lobby, that there was like, I mean, it had to be local, right? They weren't shipping in mint from somewhere, that they had local mint as part of their designs. Now, I use mint in my designs all the time, but to see it elevated at this level was just thrilling. It was so exciting to me to see local flowers be showcased in this way. It's absolutely stunning. And I want to remind everybody, you can actually join us over on YouTube if you'd like to see the pictures that we're talking about. But we will also try to describe what we're looking at for those of you that are just listening. Yeah. So very impressed with the hotel. I spent a lot of time just taking pictures of them, uh, checking them out. And, you know, just like not pretentiously designed, you know, very natural, like the style that we um, that we design in in our shop, you know, sort of letting nature take the lead, you know, doing designs yeah. that reflect what's happening in nature. And it was really exciting. Yeah. And I love that they're using Econops. Oh, mm -hmm. one of my favorites. So much Econops. I loved it. Yeah. So after that, I had in London, um, I was in London for two days and I knew that I did not have a lot of time since I had never been to London. My family had lots of plans to go sightseeing, um, but I did carve out some time on Sunday morning. And I would say anybody who goes to London and loves flowers, Sunday morning at Columbia Road Flower Market is the place to be. It is in the on the west side of London. I just took an Uber there. It was super easy. I got dropped off right at the entrance to the market. It opens at eight o'clock and picture like a farmer's market, except only flowers, like an entire oh. farmer's market, an entire street of flowers, Columbia Road, filled with every possible oh. flower you can imagine. So flowers, trees, um, potted plants, dried flowers, everything you can imagine, all in one spot. And along Columbia Road are just the most charming, um, not just cafes. So there's tons of cafes. I did eat a lot of pastries in this coffee shop here. Um, <laughs> but along the road are all of what I would call these like flower adjacent businesses. So businesses that were full of vases or um, shops that were full of pots that you could use outside. Every single store in this little, you know, neighborhood was full of these flower related shops. And it was just like, I don't know, it was like Christmas morning. It was like there was flowers everywhere. There were stores with flowers. There were pastry shops using floral ingredients. It was just um, it was great. And for maybe a person who didn't really care about flowers, it would still be fun to go have breakfast, do, you know, do your shopping and also look at the flowers. But if you're a flower person, I would say like Columbia Road, I could have, I was there for three or four hours, just sitting, talking to people, walking around. Um, it was also really fun to see. Um, these are not all local flowers that are sold at this market. A lot are imported, but a lot of the names of flowers are different, you know, so like I saw like a flower called Chin Chin and I was like, Chin Chin, I never heard of that. And I was looking at it, but I was like, I can, it's familiar to me. I'm like looking at it. I couldn't tell what it was. And then when I got home and I looked it up, I was like, oh, it's Star of Bethlehem, but oh. they were calling it by a different name. So I was learning too, by like seeing all these signs and talking to the sellers. Um, and it was just like so much fun. And I feel like probably this is not high on like tourists spots to go. But if you're a flower lover, Columbia Road was really, really fun. Highly recommended. So charming. Charming. Oh. So charming. Like out of a movie. 
just yeah. like these like small like little you know stone row houses with all of the first floors of these just like hundred year old little stores full of flower stuff. Mm-hmm. Ellen, were there any new flowers you saw that you hadn't seen before or that you don't see Ooh. very commonly here? Yes, sang sanguisorba. Oh, I love that. that, Lisa. Sanguisorba. Uh-huh. I love that. It is like um. It looked like a long, skinny stem, and it looked like it had, it's not a raspberry, but it looked like it had like a little fuzzy raspberry-like flower on the tip of it. Huh. And I had never seen it before, and it was all over the market and really cute. And when I went to visit the flower farm, Brothers Farm Flowers, they had it growing there too. And I had posted about it on Instagram, and I think Janice Harris um, from Canada said that she had grown it before. So that was the first time I had ever seen it very fun to, you know, sort of experience it for the first time. Um, so yeah, I was not expecting to show up at a flower market and see something I had never seen before. So the first thing I notice here is his netting is green. Yes. Which oh my is, God. It's not available to us in bulk form. I've seen it in small packaging. Oh yeah. That, that really changes the look, doesn't it? Totally. Yeah. So I, after I left London, my family was spending time in Bournemouth which is in Dorset, which is at the very Southern part of England. And it's very, it's right on the coast and there's big cliffs. So it's very like, very picturesque, very beautiful. And because I wanted to spend some time um, looking, meeting flower people and looking at flowers before I went, I, I mean, I basically Googled flower farms in Bournemouth. So this is like a beach town. I just Googled to see who was around. I found a couple florists and reached out to them. They were not like super keen on like hosting me to come visit, but I found Brothers Farm Flowers and they were about a 20 minute drive from where I was staying. So I just took a cab and actually the cab driver was so nice. He was like, how are you going to get back from this like rural farm uh, later today? I was like, I don't know. Uh, How would you say I should get back? He was like, well, I'll just come back and get you. Um, at a designated time. So I said, okay, great. So at one o'clock he showed back up and in the back seat of the cab, he had a banana and a bottle of water for me because he said, I didn't know you were going to be able to eat there. So here's some snacks. And I was like, this English people are so nice. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh so my God. I took a cab out to this farm and actually it's a half blueberry farm, half flowers. And they're open to the public um, in the summertime for pick your own blueberry picking. They also let you tour the flower fields. They have picnic tables. They have um, a beautiful little cafe that is full of flowers and also blueberry treats like pies and cakes and coffee. And every Thursday in the summer, they have a free floral design demonstration. So their in-house florist does a demonstration every Thursday. So I made a plan. I had my family go do their thing. And I went on a Thursday so that I could really spend, like I spent half the day there. And Becca, the in-house florist did a demonstration of a foam free um, installation that you would use for a wedding. And it was so great because I mean, one, you know, I just, I have like, I'm like have fangirl moments about um, English florists. So like Shane Connolly, who is like one of the um, premier sustainable florists in the world. He was the royal wedding florist for, you know, he's, he's, he's wonderful. And to see, to be in England and to see people doing the same sort of techniques that he promotes was just really exciting to me. So 
um, a couple things that were interesting too about the about the presentation was that we have a product here in the United States called um, Ocean Pouch, which is basically like a, a new sustainable mechanic that is um, sort of like a bag full of plant material that you can soak in water, it sort of puffs up and you can use it to put flowers in, especially for like weddings and events. And Becca told me that they don't have Ocean Pouch yet in the United Kingdom. So they are basically making like an old school form of that. So basically she's taking um, moss and soaking it in water and then she's wrapping it in chicken wire and then she's sticking flowers into the moss. And it was just so fun to see that and great to talk to her afterwards. I also got to talk to Dan, the owner and the flower farmer, all about, you know, flower farmers, flower people, I feel like all over are the same, right? We yeah. all have the same. We talked about seasonality. We talked about cash flow. We talked about, you know, selling to florists, florists buying from farmers. We had lots of the same things to talk about, which was just really fun and made me feel like even if, you know, there's a lot of distance we all are in the same flower community. And definitely Brothers Farm was like one of the highlights of the trip. It was really fun. And I would say just like for anybody listening, if you're like a flower lover, or you're a flower enthusiast and you're going on vacation somewhere, you know, just do that. Do like a quick Google search, look on the ASCFG website, look on the Slow Flowers website, see if there's a farm or a florist that you can go visit. I don't know, it was totally worth it. Were there any flowers either at the farm or at the market were there any flowers you seem to notice were just kind of everywhere that were very prevalent that stood out to you? Yeah, certainly on the farm, it felt very much like what we have growing in Baltimore right now. So a lot of the same things I was seeing, you know, I, we, there was dahlias, there was scabiosa, um, you know, all the stuff, the celosia, all the stuff that we sort of have right now. Um, they did have the sangasorba growing, which I had not seen before. They also had a really big patch of flax which they were using for design, which, you know, we don't really um, use a lot. We don't have that growing here. They also used a lot of clary sage, which I always hear people talk about, but we have not had it here. Our growers don't grow it. I don't know if it doesn't grow in this temperature, but they used a lot of clary sage, which was really pretty in the design, in the design demo that they were doing. So this felt a lot like home to me um, at the market because they were importing stuff. I mean, one of the big things was like peonies. There was peonies at every stand. Every stand had gorgeous coral charms. Just everywhere you looked were peonies. And lots of people were buying peonies. People actually were buying, I mean, because there is like a different sort of flower culture in England and London particularly, people were there buying a ton of flowers. Peonies just being one of the things that they were that they were buying. At the market, were they professional in the floral industry or were they just regular people that were out buying All their kinds of people. I heard um, a couple of women who say they owned a shop that were coming to buy, but a lot of people were just like, you know, Sunday morning for their house. But unlike here, where I think people, you know, Sunday morning go out and they buy like a $20 bouquet, these people were buying, you know, 10 bouquets, straight bunches, you know, $100, $150, $200 that they were just taking home with them. So just a very different feel, a very different enthusiasm for flowers, if you will. Yeah. So um, in Bournemouth, a family friend took me, knew that I liked gardens and took me to Compton Acres, which is in Dorset. It is the largest Japanese garden in England. And it was so beautiful. It is 
They had a charming cafe. They actually have a tea house. This is a picture of the tea house that is right set in the middle of the garden. And so we just had like a beautiful morning walking around, looking at landscaping. And also this um, garden particularly has sculpture art throughout the garden. So as we were walking, you were also seeing very sort of beautiful modern art scattered along with these like you know, thousand year old looking tea houses and just beautifully landscaped gardens. So this was a little side, a little side trip, um, just like a morning. But if anybody is ever in Dorset, I definitely recommend it. It was great. In their cafe, they serve all local food. So that was also very exciting. It was the first time I had clotted cream. I didn't really even know what clotted cream was. (laughs) I still don't really know what it is, but the guy (laughs) at the place told me how to, how to eat it. And it was, you know, from milk from cows that were in their community. So everything locally sourced. Yeah, it was like a perfect, perfect morning. I'm just in awe. It's just, I can just see how Ellen, sometimes you just have to take the plunge and go do something, even oh, though yeah. you think you could. Yeah. Yeah. I, think I mean, flowers are universal and, and they are just so much more embraced in England. And this is just confirming that. Yes. Totally enjoying the slideshow. <laughs> That's great. So Kew Gardens, I will tell you. Part of the reason, part of my decision-making in saying yes to this trip was so that I could go to Kew Gardens. Kew Gardens has been a a bucket list um, sort of spot for me for, I don't know, 15 years. Ever since I started reading about Kew, Kew is like the background of so many books that I've read about flowers, whether it's a book about Darwin because he studied there, whether it's a book about Humboldt because he stored his flowers there. I mean, just everybody, if you're reading Elizabeth Gilbert, um, you know, more modern fiction book, um, Signature of All Things, the main character studies at Kew. There's just a lot of, Kew is like a, a 400 year old botanical garden set right in London. And if you're walking down the street, uh, it looks like a, just a normal street, like a regular city street, an urban area. And you walk through this little gate and all of a sudden you are inside this like massive, totally overwhelming, totally like, just majestic garden. I've just not ever seen anything like it. And I, not that I've been to a lot of gardens, but it felt like how, when I went to Versailles, like when you walk outside and you see sort of the expanse of how big this garden is. And actually, so I was the trip, I was in London two days and then gone to Bournemouth for seven days. And then we were going to be back in London just for one day. And I had gotten a ticket for Kew Gardens that first weekend. And the morning of the, the visit, we got an email saying that the garden was closed because of inclement weather, because there was a lot of wind. And these glass greenhouses are like hundreds of years old and they're fully made of glass. So, I mean, I get it, but I also, I'm not going to lie. There was some crying because I was like, (laughs) Oh my God, I have come all the way to England. And if I don't get to go to this garden, I might like lose it. So I actually came back to London a day early from Bournemouth got a ticket, went with my mom on our last day um, in London. And even though we got there, it was like about to pour rain. You can see the skies were very gray and, you know, people in London don't care, but my mom was not really like hot on like walking around a garden in the pouring rain and 50 degree weather. So we, you know, we had sort of a highlights trip um, to Kew. And, you know, the things that I think were most spectacular to me are these glass greenhouses. So this is the temperate house, which is a 200-year-old glass greenhouse. It's the largest Victorian glass greenhouse left in the world. 
and it is just stunningly beautiful. It's huge. And it has this catwalk. So this picture, I'm sort of taking a bird's eye view of the inside of the main greenhouse. They have a catwalk that goes the perimeter of the space that you can walk around and look at the greenhouse from up above. And I just, I've never seen anything like it. It's, it was so beautiful. So there was the temperate house that was this space. Then we also went in the palm house, which again is a glass greenhouse. We also checked out the rose garden, which was in full bloom and was really, I don't know, very exciting. Um, not just because, you know, like I was sending my rose grower, Lauren, a million pictures and videos, um, but just every, every rose, you know, is just what you imagine an English rose to be super fragrant, you know, so fluffy, full of petals, just gorgeous. So we got to go through the rose garden. And then really our last stop was uh, the water lily house, which is a much smaller glass greenhouse, but super beautiful, packed with people because it's just like a stunning spot. And I left there that day really feeling like I told Eric when I got home, I was like, I know I'm 50 years old, but how can I get like an internship at this garden? Like it was one of those places that even if you were there a day, a week, I don't know how long there, there was so much to see. Like I didn't get to go into the library. I didn't get to go to the herbarium. There was so much more to see um, and experience and so much history there. But I was so grateful that I got to see you know, to see the garden, to walk around and to be able to now picture like in real life picture, like what this looks like when I'm reading about it. Um, it was thrilling. It was just like the best, the best trip, highly recommend it. It is kind of a, it's in London city proper, but it is sort of a ways from center city. So it took us about 40 minutes in a cab to go from center city, London to Q but really easy to do it. We took Uber and, you know, you could pick up a car easy. So if anybody's thinking about doing it, I highly recommend it. And they have, of course, like this mammoth gift shop, which I swear I could have spent like a full eight hour day in because everything was, you know, just the, just the book section of the, of the gift shop. Oh. I could have spent a full day in. I was like taking pictures of what we could read for book club. I was like, I can't, I have literally no room in my luggage. So I can't like take all this stuff home. So yeah, it was just really very fun. I have always wanted to go to Kew Gardens and now you're making me want yes. to yeah. even more and even sooner. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was I mean, really worth it. Having connection points through her is what will inspire us to go. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, when I say us, I mean our large community. This that'd yeah. be really, really great. So thank you so much, Ellen. Yeah, thank you. I'm glad us. to be able to share the share the story with people. And I do, um, I'm sure Lane can put a link to it, but we did sort of a series in the newsletter, like a special newsletter series that has sort of articles about all of the places, links to all of the places that I went. So in case people want to go and they want to check those places out, I'm sure Lane can share a link and, you know, we can share that information for anybody who wants to go. Yes, I will. And can I ask you three fun questions? Yes. What was your favorite meal the whole time? Well, let me tell you, I'm vegetarian. Nobody in my family is vegetarian. So while I would have like spent all of my time in like Indian restaurants and, you know, um, we had a great meal at this place called the Ivy in London, which also, if you're a flower lover, because, you know, I'm always trying to like look for flower places. They have a beautiful like garden greenhouse where you eat dinner and all of the the decor is like this like 1920 style garden wallpaper and beautiful prints. And in England, 
or at least in London, a lot of every every place has a vegetarian option. And a lot of the vegetarian options is like a halloumi cheese. You know, halloumi cheese is kind of like a thick cheese, a halloumi steak. So it was like this beautiful halloumi steak with like fresh vegetables, very flavorful and made me want to eat it every day. Ooh, nice. I'm vegetarian too. So I would have been. Oh yeah. Very good. Did you pick up any fun phrases? Oh, you know what? There are so many different phrases in England. Um, I could not get any of them right. I tried to use them and I just got them wrong every time. So I cannot say that I got a good, a good phrase. I okay. used them wrong in every instance. Okay. Let's skip that one. And then do you have any general travel tips for someone who's never been to England? Oh, um, okay. If you've never been to England and I had never been there, that was my first time. Um, all of the public transportation, very easy. Even though we took cabs and took Uber, we took a train from the airport right into the city and the um, train stations, the subway stations, very easy. So don't be afraid to you know, hop on the Metro. Um, if you're a flower lover, search out. There's so many places. The Garden Museum is one place that I didn't get to go. Um, you know, just like parks everywhere. So I would say, you know, like try to spend as much time as you can, like searching out sort of natural places. It's not hard. There's like tons and tons. And I guess spend as much time as you can, because like I said, I did not feel like I had nearly enough time to see everything I wanted to see. Oh, well, I know you've inspired Lisa and I to want to go there, like we said, even sooner than we did before. So thank you for sharing all that. And I hope that everyone out there has gotten a little taste of England through Ellen sharing all her experiences. And hello to our listeners that are lucky enough to live over there full time. But thank you so much, Ellen. That was so fun. And thanks for sending over all these beautiful pictures as well. Of course. Thank you for having me. Oh, we just loved walking along with you. So that was very, very inspiring. So we're so glad that Ellen joined us here today. And Ellen has two courses with the Gardener's Workshop. You'll find them at thegardenersworkshop.com. Preparing to Sell to Florists, which is a workshop um, covering pricing, finding your customer, and having that availability list that makes it possible for them to buy from you. Can't highly recommend that one enough, as well as a larger course called Growing Your Business with Local Flower Sourcing, um, where Ellen walks you through. I walk you through everything you need to know about building a business that uses local flowers. So the industry, marketing, sales, relationships with farmers, building your community, everything you need to know. Yep. And make sure to sign up for Ellen's newsletter. I will put the links in the show notes for that as well, because she always has something interesting to say. And I know you will all enjoy reading that. And so until we meet again, friends, ciao. Thanks everyone. Bye.